1: Aslam alaikum everyone. How are you, Ismail?
0: Alhamdulillah, bro. Can't complain. New Year, new me.
1: <laughs> new Year, New you Well, this album nah, is gonna be released in like March or something, so whatever. Yeah, Hopefully by then
0: We're not, not new. In- yeah. New Year, same me, bro. Exactly. Yes,
1: but sir. uh are you excited for this uh for this series for just the guys?
0: Yeah, I feel like uh <laughs> yo in retrospect. I feel like we should have filmed this one first, not the girls one first, because there has been, there's probably been some hate brewing, and now we gotta even the scales. You know what I mean?
1: I agree. But hey, man, we're not gonna go easy on the guys, um, because we're guys. Yeah. I think that gives us the ability to go harder on them, actually.
0: Yeah, man, we're gonna go in just like like we're just gonna be brutally honest, and uh, yeah, inshallah, people benefit from it um, and find it, you know, interesting. Yeah, we'll see
1: but yeah for anyone who doesn't know we already filmed a 10 part series on uh 10 traits that make women more desirable and so this new segment is going to be on 10 traits that men uh, that make men more desirable and uh, i think uh we can probably provide a little bit more insight Uh, this one's a little complicated because we can probably provide a little bit more insight because we're guys but because we're not girls we could also be wrong right like we could completely miss yes. something that they think are, are are really desirable traits that we might have just glossed over so if that's one of them uh, let us know in the comments and you feel free to bash us
0: yeah so would you say that like we kind of have a like a little bit of a blind spot and kind of like our it's like, like a double edged sword
1: it's like a double edged sword in my opinion yeah
0: yeah exactly it's because like we know we appreciate in like like stand up guys. And then we're kind of postulating that girls will also appreciate it too. But we also like have had conversations with like girls and we've, we know from their perspective, what they look for and from our parents too. Right. It's like what they want us to be. So I think we have a, a well-rounded look, but if we do miss something, yeah, let us know.
1: And Hey, if on one of the uh, MPL females are watching this, let us know as well. Right. You know, you can trash us as you know, <laughs> Uh, they, they're
0: not waiting for us to to tell them that they can bro they're doing it anyways
1: that's facts that's facts yeah. but um like the female one we do have to start off with a couple disclaimers uh number one is this uh series is not for everyone and we got this idea actually from the roommates podcast they are the ones who actually originally did this uh seven traits of highly desirable men and women but they have a more like dating western focus and we wanted to take what they said and see how we could sort of translate that into more of like a Muslim man or male or female perspective and see uh, what other things could be there on top of this and what are some of the things that they mentioned are applicable and what are some other like uh, Islamic Muslim related things that we think are important to, to to focus on. So hopefully you guys do appreciate this. But like I said, um, some people won't appreciate this. Like if, you're, f- uh, if you're fine with the uh, position where you're at right now, then all power to you as Ismail says. And now I've caught on to that phrase, all power to you. Right. Um, You don't you can continue watching just for the sake of entertainment or whatever. But if you do come in with an open mind and you want to sort of learn and you're willing to implement some of these changing changes, then uh, I think you'll benefit from this uh, quite a bit. And another thing that actually the roommates podcast mentioned is that when we go through this. Some people might think of this as like toxic masculinity or like whatever. But I think one thing they mentioned that I sort of agree with is that in order to understand attraction and desirability, you have to understand that the the core of biological reproduction sort of, or I guess like the core of human sexuality sort of stems from like the need for biological reproduction, right? And so... For that, we have to sometimes place ourselves in, a, in an era which we're not in right now, which is sort of the hunter-gatherer era leading up to sort of the 1900s, because we sort of entered this new paradigm shift very recently in the past like 50 years or so, but our, our entire like biology is based on whatever has happened all throughout history, right? And so by combining the old paradigm and the new paradigm, it's important to take the best elements out of both. And so some of the things we're going to be mentioning is things that are related very much to what is traditionally sought as masculine traits, but, Uh, you have to take that with obviously like a grain of salt, right? So for example, when we talk about like assertiveness or dominance, that doesn't mean you have to like push everyone's ideas aside and like step over everyone. That's not what we're talking about. You have to also take into the modern context. So just like keep that disclaimer in mind. But when we do mention certain things like, you know, uh, we're going to talk about money in this episode, like men being able to provide is something that was very much needed for biological reproduction, back in the day because from a woman's perspective if someone was unable to provide then they're not a productive member of society and they can't actually help push the envelope in terms of reproduction and passing their family name uh in the future hope that makes sense and so with all those disclaimers and all the ground rules in the works we'll get started and this episode is focused on uh financial stability and uh financial flourishing so ismail Talk to me about finances.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to start off by saying this. If you as an individual operate with the mentality that all your actions serve as indicators for others, they're like outward indicators. So like they're, um, you're sending out signals, if you will, right? And if you keep that in mind, then I think not just for this episode, but for the whole series, you'll benefit a lot from it. So with that being said, let's start with finances, right? So why is being a financially stable guy important, right? I think it's important because if you think about it, let's, let's say that a woman is looking t- to choose like her, uh, her male counterpart, right? She has the options between males that are financially independent or financially flourishing versus males who are not. And let's say that these males are equal in every other sense, except for the financial stability. She's not going to pick the male that isn't financially stable. And that's not because she's a gold digger. We need to get that out there. Girls yeah. who look for financial stability are not gold diggers. Let me tell you why financial stability does or financial flourishing. Let's say, let's say we want a guy that's actually financially flourishing. Like that's doing great. Not just, you know, not just getting, getting, by, getting by. not just They're barely exactly, paying the bills exactly. or whatever. Yeah not just getting by exactly. So why is that important, right? Let's start off with this. When a woman sees that a man is financially like, um, uh, what's it called? Flourishing, that gives insight or an indicator that he's responsible. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If let's say uh, a woman kind of just uh, sees a man that's like spending all his money on designer. And and what I mean by all his money, like every time he gets a paycheck, he's buying designer, but then his savings and investments are like tapped out because he's so busy about looking rich rather than being rich. That's gonna give her insight to to his priorities, right? That he's so busy being a sheep and like not worrying about his success Rather, he's more worried about what people think about him. But then if she sees a guy that doesn't dress as flashy, but then has his finances on lock, she's going to be like, oh, this guy's a little bit more mature. Well, probably much more mature. And this guy is uh, uh, responsible enough to have been planning out his future endeavors, right? Because as guys, we've sometimes like to argue against us, but there is more pressure on us, not just in our own societies in the East, but I'm talking about in the West as well. There's always more pressure for the guy to be financially stable. And why? It's because a guy uh, opens a household, a guy gets, uh, what's it called, married, and uh, what's called a guy will have kids with a woman, right? And now let's bring it to our cultures, our cultures, and not just our cultures, our religion, um we are responsible to be able to cover everything on our own without our wives help however we don't like you know in the context of this society and as well not just the context but if the woman wants to help then there's no problem whatsoever but as men muslim men we need to be able to uh have the allowance for expenditures like marriage like uh, raising children, like, you know, buying a house, all this stuff, right? So with that in mind, so we have double pressure, I would say it's because, you know, here in this society, it's like, oh, the man should like make more so he could buy drinks and he could buy food or dates or whatever. No, no, no. For us, it's, we have a, a, a what's it called a religious obligation on top of like, oh, there's societal pressures that, you know, what men need to be stable or, you know, financially well off. Right.
1: Yeah. So here's what I want to add in terms of like the whole like Muslim context. Right. It, like, I agree with you and that they need to be stable. And one point that a, two points that I liked, which you brought up was like, we need to stop this idea of like women being gold diggers. Right. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that uh, like financial flourishing comes with time and it comes with you having your priorities straight and you being very good with managing your money. And that sometimes conflicts with the idea of like young muslims trying to get married because yes it is encouraged for young people to get married and so what i wanted to bring in here was like this i wanted to induce a conversation like how can young muslims who are just getting out of university starting their first job partake in this financial flourishing and i think there's a couple things i want to mention here number one is that i personally think If you're a man looking to get married, you need to have either of these two things at the minimum. Number one is you're already working a stable, like, job, which will bring in some sort of income that is good enough to support you and your significant other in a reasonably decent living situation right that so what i mean by that is you're not living in like your parents basement right some people are okay with that but islamically like your wife has a right to move out whenever she wants and you have to fulfill that right and if you're earning like only like 20 or 25 or 30k a year you can't do that especially living in like a metropolitan city like toronto or mississauga or something like that simply you can't right? And that's just rent, right? What about like, uh, uh, what if she is continuing schooling? Who's going to pay for that, right? Uh, What about food? Like, are you just going to eat like Nutella sandwiches for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Are you going to actually buy like meat and stuff? You know what I mean? So what I think is a person needs to have like a stable job making, if I were to put a number to it, minimum like 50k, right? Or or they need to have a projected source of income of 50k or higher in the next 12 months, because then by the time like they start talking and the families get involved, whatever, whatever, like by the time they get married, they're going to be only a couple months away from working, or they would have already started working. The only place, one last thing, the only place I would place an exception to this 50k rule or whatever, is that if you both agree, and it's 100% no doubt that both of you are fine living away from each other or if it's like a long distance sort of thing in that case obviously like you don't have to uh like pay for like rent and like a new place or whatever i understand that but just in general like it's very important for young muslims to get this idea out of their head that like they can support a wife when they're like 18 or 19 or 20 without actual money and obviously if your parents are like well off and they're like royalty then like this doesn't apply to you
0: <laughs> i mean yeah i was just gonna say unless also like if your wife and you have made like a um like i know people who are like uh married and living with one of the parents either the, the guy's parents or the thing and they that's, made fine. That that's fine that's completely fine you're not shaming cool. that or yeah, anything 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because as long as as long as you keep this in mind as a guy right the woman has these rights however she also has the choice to give these rights if she's like i have so yeah uh women kind of have the rights that, oh, if I do wanna move out, yada, yada, you'll have to be able to provide for us moving out um, if, I don't, if I choose to not have a job. However, a woman also has the rights to, or sorry, has the ability to remove those rights or withdraw them. So if you and her have the, like a preset agreements, like, hey, we both broke, like we can't really afford to move out, but we do wanna get married, our families are okay with it, and they're willing to support us while we are in this transition stage, then cool, all power to you guys, fantastic. But we're talking about how to be the most desirable candidate for other uh, women as a guy, right? Yeah. And so let me let me put emphasis on it this way. So my dad, like I, I I'm not somebody who's like, per, uh, what's it called out like always looking to get married. I'm not all, all, out here like on dating sites or like asking uh, what's it called SEMA aunties. You know what I mean? So like, find me a wife. I'm Yo not man, all I like, know
1: is that uh, some people on TikTok are starting to like you, bro. <laughs>
0: Bro, <laughs> <laughs> bro, they're not trying to starting to like me. All they're doing is asking if I'm white or not. But we'll keep that. We'll keep that under wraps. We'll keep that as a you know, a, a, a thing they could keep pondering over. But anyways, um, so basically, just, but with that and with that being said, my dad's always put that in my head that I need to be saving for marriage. So I used to laugh about it. I used to like really like never take that seriously. Um, but he's been telling me this since I started working four years ago. So because I'm, I, I do have a bougie, like, you know, aspect to, uh, to, like, my shopping habits. So, when I was younger, I, like, I would actually, I was really good at saving, don't get me wrong, but I was willing to overwork myself so that I could save the same amount while having extra side money so I could spend on, like, bougie things, right? And no matter how much I would save, my dad would always be, like, he would always be uh, unhappy or at least not approving or, uh, of me spending money on, like, designer or anything like that right because in his mind any money that i'm making should be for future purposes so what does that mean investments wedding building a life with somebody because in his mind is like you never know when you meet that person and you need a few because i'm always like i want to be independent and all that he's like you always have to have your finances unlocked because you just never know So I didn't take that seriously the first couple of years working, but now having worked more than like four years, now it's super serious. And I'm in like a mindset where no matter how much money I have, I'm broke. So I'm not like, it's very rare for me. I still do have like a little bit of a bougie bug, but it's, it's like way like reduced way down. So I'm like, it's, it's like, it's a mentality of kind of like, um, uh, a lack of wealth, what? Because it's called inflation, um, lifestyle inflation. That's what it's called. When you basically upgrade your life and upgrade your spending based on how much money you're making. So I basically had to basically I had to think about it with myself. I'm like, am I gonna keep increasing my spending as I make more money? And I basically decided to not, so I could save no matter no matter what comes up in the next few years. And good thing I did do that because now I'm pursuing a second degree. And like, I would have been much more stressed out if I didn't have money saved than if I, what's it called? I've been spending, uh, you know, all my time buying designer goods. I would have been so stressed out right now if I was pursuing a second degree, but I'm not. And, you know, who knows if I'm uh, I'm to get married in the next four years, I'm definitely not going to be as stressed out because I've been saving for the last four years. So having that in mind so integral, like if you're a guy, really think about it. It doesn't matter if you're not thinking about getting married right now. And you're like oh i could go afford this car payment on like uh, what's it called on a mercedes on a brand new mercedes trust me i get it like i love mercedes i could afford one i could have afforded one from like two years ago i, I like it's it's i get it you want to have the nice car you want to like uh what's it called have i don't know nice designer goods and whatever totally get it but you're gonna get the wrong attention for it because you know you're all worried about gold years. And then you're out here trying to get a Mercedes before you're even married, right? It's like your priorities are a little bit out of whack unless you're doing that good. Like, I'm not saying, oh, if you have a Mercedes now, you're like, you know, you're a bad person. No, no, no. I'm just saying that most guys can at our age, like while we're in uni, we cannot afford both, uh, a uh, you know, a Mercedes and, you know, making a war chest, like, you know, developing a very, very good basis for your finances. You can't afford both. Some people can. And I I feel like I'm reaching that level right now because I've been working like a donkey based on, you know, like 70 hour weeks, but most people aren't pulling 70 hour weeks. So for the majority, I say, make sure you pick correct. Do not pick that car payment or do not pick that, uh, what's it called? That Montclair jacket or that whatever over your financial stability because if that right girl comes around and she feels like, oh, you're kind of irresponsible. You've spent the last, I don't know, four years working, but you have nothing to show for it, she's gonna really think twice about you.
1: Yeah. I one thing you mentioned, um, and and I think like this is like sort of like a mathematical way to think about it. Like when you look at like an income statement, right? You what people aren't really worried about is how much you're making or how much you're spending people are worried about the bottom line in that what is the end output that you haven't spent that you can now put towards other like essentially the discretionary spending and mm-hmm. so what Ismail mentioned was cutting down on costs right and I agree with that in that you need to cut down on like unnecessary spending but that can only be done to a certain level. And so in order to, imagine, might think of like a fraction, right? Like in order to increase that bottom line, you can either increase your revenues, which is increase the amount of money that is coming into your wallet, or you can decrease costs. People always, always fixate on decreasing the costs and never actually think about increasing the revenue streams. And I think that's really important to think about. And this doesn't mean you go and get like a new job or a side hustle. Like if that's your thing, then go for it. But, uh, for some reason, Muslim people, and I haven't started this myself, so like I'm guilty of this too. But for some reason, Muslim people, I, I get the whole interest situation. I'm not saying like I'm not advocating for interest, like don't do interest, like it's haram. Mm-hmm. But there are ways on how to increase your, uh, increase the money you have using financial instruments that are halal for you, right, in terms of investments. And so by doing so, you don't have to like upend your lifestyle you can increase the amount of money that's coming to you and indirectly by doing so if the whole like lifestyle inflation thing does happen then that's fine because you're not drastically cutting down costs to the extent where you're going to get to a point where you can no longer cut it's your rather you're just beefing up the amount of money you have and that brings me to the next point of financial literacy i think it's extremely important for guys to be knowing of where their money is going how to spend their money and what opportunities lie out there in order to increase the amount of money they'll have available for them in the future and i want to bring two points to this number one is planning for yourself and number two is doing your homework and how you can increase the amount of money you have i have told myself that inshallah next time i get a break i'm going to go to the bank and actually sit down and figure out how i can increase the amount of money i have in a halal way Right, do my research online, go to the bank, figure out what there's non-interest things are available out there. Do my thing. And the second thing is actually planning. So, uh, in the summer, I was thinking of myself, and uh, like you mentioned the whole like marriage situation, right? So I was thinking about it, and literally I literally made like a DCF for myself, right? Like for anyone any non-business case, DCF is a discounted <laughs> cash flow, which essentially yeah. calculates the uh cash inflow and outflow. Coming out over a span of like a certain period. So I did thirty years, but you can mix around. And it's basically like a, it's a model that is used for capital expenditures in business, which essentially calculates the return on investment you're gonna have based on how much you, how much money is coming in, how much is going out, and the and the interest rate that you're paying on a loan. Obviously, I didn't consider the interest rate, um, but if you want for whatever reason, you can do that. Uh, But I literally made a DCF for myself. I'm like, this is the revenue stream. If I get married to someone who's working, there's an additional revenue stream now. Let's just project hypothetically, they're going to be making this, this, this. This is the investments or one-time payments, i.e. wedding, blah, 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 car, blah, blah, blah. These are the recurring expenses. How much rent is going to cause? Is it how much car loans, whatever, whatever. And then you go keep going down, 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 down. And I played around and it's a model. So you can tweak it as much as you want. And you can, you can essentially play around with the amount of bottom line you're going to have and see, depending on changing variables, what's going to happen. So hypothetically, if your wife stops working, what's going to happen to your bottom line? Are you going to go into a negative? If so, what can you do to increase revenue or decrease costs, right? And then obviously, to be realistic, I even added like, growth rates for like salary bumps for myself if my Mm -hmm. spouse is working for her in the inflationary spending i'm like miscellaneous spending is probably going to increase by five percent if the salary goes up by ten percent it's just logical to think like that right so i literally made a model for myself to really project out what i'm going to be looking at and the first few years i assumed that i would get married like right after graduation that was a negative but then onwards it was positive which is good right
0: because you don't want to a
1: constant negative all the time
0: yeah, that's amazing, Faison. I've actually done something very similar uh, with my with myself as well. But I think that's because we're both finance, like, you know, uh, majors. No, um, but still, so like, that's
1: not an I, excuse. I completely get it.
0: But I'm. Yeah. it's not an excuse. But I'm saying let's dial it back so that the re- any regular person could just, like any regular guy, if they're just trying to get some stuff down on lock. I like what you said in the beginning a lot. So basically, guys, you first of all, it's the easiest thing is you cut your costs. That is actually much easier than finding new revenue. That's why Agreed. I mentioned yeah. it first, because most yeah. of your costs right now are uh, uh, let's be real. Stop, most stop our costs... spending
1: five bucks at Starbucks every single day. Please. I was just
0: going to say that, bro. Listen, 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 Yo, if, if you're uh, okay, if you're in our age group, right? Like that twenties age group or like even younger, all you're spending is discretionary. You're not spending anything on needs. Your rent's paid, your food's paid mostly um, unless you're eating out here and there. And like, you know, you don't, your utilities are paid. None of your spending is necessary spending. All of it is discretionary. All, pretty much if you're that disciplined, all of it can be eliminated. But it, it is hard to build that, you know, from the get-go. Now, it's very progressive. So start with, you know, start with one thing and build up. I personally like have built it at one point all the way to I saved 90% of my, uh, like my, my, uh, in, my revenues per year, let's say, because I have more than one income stream. So now we get to the second part. Once you're like working on your cut on cutting your costs, now you're automatically making more money because you're not spending as much. Now that you've done the easy part, you start focusing on the harder part, which is, huh, let me do some research about how can I increase my revenues? How can I increase how much I bring in uh, to my bank account? Because if you could increase that and keep your costs low and don't increase your costs, then you're going to be making even more. So, this is really important. And I'll tell you guys why. If you guys figure out, because uh, a lot of you guys are in uni, some of you guys are in college, some of you guys are in high school, according to your workload, you're going to have a specific amount of time that you're able to spend on making money. Okay. So once you figure out that time frame that you're, uh, that you're able to give away for money expense, like for money uh, making, you're going to realize how much time you, af- you can afford to work and how much time you don't have, but you want to make more money. So you're going to figure out and you're going to get creative about making new revenue streams that don't require your time. That's what I'm talking about when I, sorry, I'm talking about like investments. I'm talking about passive income. I'm talking about like having a a business that, you know, that gives you just a a constant revenue stream. Like when you're sleeping, you're making money. And these are, these are very achievable things. You could definitely do it, but you just have to put your mind to it. And it's hard to put your mind to it if your focus is getting the paycheck so you could go to Gucci and buy a wallet that you can't afford. Right. And what do we, so let's dial it back again, because we're, we're focusing a lot on the finance side, but we want to make sure this is uh, in a way directed to males trying to be more desirable guys. Just remember this when, uh, when a high quality female is looking for a high quality partner, she's looking for discipline, right? She's looking for a guy that's proper discipline. Isn't going to be, you know, uh, Twisted and turned by like the easiest of desires, right? If she sees a guy that could afford to live a certain lifestyle at a certain at a young age like us, but doesn't, for the sake of oh, I'm more focused on the bag right now. I'm more focused on building up that equity in in like the bank account. I'm focused on bringing up my future life with that with that somebody. That's gonna make you such a high contender because if everybody else is focused on what, you know, spending their cash on a Supreme drop, that's going to be appreciated mostly by guys. Let's be real guys. Like nobody gives a damn about Supreme. Like I get it. I used to be a hype beast when I was in high school. Like girls don't care about that people. And especially girls who are looking for a husband, do not care about that. So just stop worrying about what you got on your feet and what you got on your, you know, as, as clothes and what car you're driving, start worrying about your bank account because trust me, when it gets down to it, when you're, you know, looking to tie the knot, then that girl is not gonna care if you're financing a Mercedes because $200 weekly payments- Only you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> $200 Mercedes payments or BMW payments are nothing and can be afforded by almost anybody. But having like 50K stacked at like, you know, at, while you're in university, while you're studying, Or like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Like having a good amount of money stacked away for a a wedding for possibly, you know, if you and her stack your money together, you guys can have a down payment on the house. That is so much more attractive. And so, and you guys will, you will thank yourself for it later in the future, because guess what? That Mercedes will come. It's if you're, if you've already set yourself up for success from the beginning, the Mercedes and the Ferrari and the BMWs, you know, if you put your mind to it, you could get there. But It's just about the priorities. Do you want to really handicap yourself in the beginning of your financial life by getting a, 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 well, not an asset even. Uh, It's a a liability. It's a depreciating car that you're going to be, you know, upside down on the loan pretty quickly. And you're going to have to deal with a a crappy bank account instead of, you know, having a nice uh, house or a nice down payment on a house and a marriage paid off. Can I I
1: say one thing here? I love what you mentioned about how... It's usually the guys that appreciate these things. Guess what? Guys appreciating something and respect are two completely different things. I will tell you, guys respect other guys with discipline. They respect the hell out of other guys with discipline. And when when women see other guys respecting other guys, they want them even more. Because they know that they have something that a lot of these other guys don't have. And so, yes, you'll be able to get all this clout but that's not respect just remember that
0: trust me that's so true like it's discipline is such a attractive i would in my personal opinion when i look Dude, for that's the it reason in, in why friends, us as
1: guys we really like girls who are into fitness because it's discipline
0: yeah that's a big part of it and not just that's one aspect so i was just going to say so you know how we said fitness is for girls is like a gatekeeper because it gives it first of all uh, makes girls what or uh, they uh, what's called they work on their physique and that makes them more physically attractive. On top of that, it's an indicator that a girl's willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. It's a discipline indicator. Same exact thing with guys. If a girl sees you're a guy that doesn't have his finances down and you're just throwing money left, right, and center on stupid shit, she's gonna know straight away that you're just not a disciplined guy and your desires control you. Right? If you're a guy that's like, if you could appreciate something as a guy and not buy it, you're in control. And like, trust me, this took me so long to be able to do, because I went from a situation where I was completely broke to like having two jobs and a side hustle. So I was at like, and I, and I moved out. So I was like eight, uh, not even, I was just barely 18 and I was making a lot of money for an 18 year old. And that, you know, boosted me a lot. And like, it made me want to splurge and buy a lot of things. But then I quickly started reining it in. And then I like, and then it was progressive. Like it was the realization was you know a little. It was like a, a blunt realization, and then reeling it in took years, guys. So it's not something that you could just decide on and tomorrow cold turkey. You're a disciplined person with when it comes to your will and desires. So exactly what Faison said. I as a guy will appreciate the crap out of a nice Mercedes that a guy's rolling up in, but I also know these same people that are driving in really nice cars, and I talk with them. Some of them are like people who I like talked to in uni or college, or whatever, and they're complaining to me about how upside down they are on their loans and how like, how like, how much it hurts their bank account and how hard they have to work or how much they're stressing about making that payment for their car and the gas and the repairs and all that stuff that they're literally struggling. Like We'll be like, yo, can you go out to eat with us? They're like, no, nah, I can't. But they're driving a nice car. It's because it's the same guys in high school that buy the Gucci belt, but can't afford lunch money, right? So it's like, if you're willing to devote your life to affording material things and not actually, you know, devoting your life to being free and not just being free, but financially successful. So you could start something special with somebody you care for, then your priorities are out of whack and you're not going to be desirable to, to what's it called, to women who are, you know, in the upper echelon of women who are looking for, um, of, uh, looking for a partner.
1: I also want to say one thing, like for the guys who still haven't understood or still haven't like, soaked in everything we're trying to say Uh, from me as a man's perspective if i'm looking at a woman i want a mother who we talked about this before like in terms of like islam and deen and character you want a mother who has good traits so that they can pass it down so if a woman is looking at you as a potential father would she want someone who can allow her and her children to live a comfortable lifestyle or someone who's working like three jobs just to barely make ends meet. The answer is very clear. And if you're in that situation, we're not saying like, there's a whole host of reasons why you could be in that situation. Um, but this episode isn't to like, you know, contextualize and try to understand why people are the way they are. We're just stating a simple fact, which is finances on lock are highly desirable for men. And for some people, it's a tougher journey than others, but it's a journey everyone has to take if you're considering to get married, especially as young Muslims who are so eager and want to do it so, so early. That means that this amount of discipline, the financial literacy, the planning has to come that much earlier because marriage isn't a game, okay? You're literally, you're literally taking accountability of someone's daughter and thinking of starting a family with them. This isn't a joke, okay? So you need to be financially well off or have, like I mentioned earlier, be projected to be financially well off. And that doesn't mean you're going to be working like 20 hours for minimum wage. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, like if you're working multiple jobs, that's fine. But the your bottom line has to be healthy. Cannot be negative. Cannot be barely making by.
0: And a lot of girls aren't looking for a specific number in your bank account. They're just looking for a mentality. Dudes, like, Listen, it's so simple. If a girl looks at you and like, let's say you guys meet in university, right? And you guys are still uni students, you're working a part time job, she's working a part time job, you guys, you know, barely got some money in the bank, it's but she knows that you're the type, like the mentality you have with money is that whatever you make you store for either investment purposes, or because you got big plans coming up, and you're trying to rise up the ranks instead of look a certain way that you actually aren't. She might be completely down with getting married, even though that you guys are both broke. you know why? It's because she knows that you know money comes and goes and that's 100 percent true. So like just because the money isn't there now, she'll still get with you because, hey, this guy got the right mentality, so when the money comes around, he's gonna have the proper mentality to grow it and with me because we both have the same mentality. and like this is like guys don't expect the girls to like change up for you. Like, it doesn't work that way. Finances, by the way, finances are the number one reason for divorce. It's not cheating, it's finances. So like, don't expect a girl who's like actually really serious about her money and like serious about her financial success for her and her family and like my family, I mean, your guys' kids, don't expect her to be cool with you or bend the rules for you being like an illiterate when it, uh, when it comes to finances. Like, trust me, you're, if you're illiterate financially, you're going to end up with an illiterate Financial person and you guys are not gonna be financially successful. So you wanna make sure you have that on lock, guys. It's a gatekeeper, it's just easy. You just gotta, it's easy as long as you have the like it's easy to build the mentality if you put the work into it and you know you you put the discipline on yourself, all right? But the money that's dependent on the girl. Some girls come from a family where the family would be like, oh no, the guy has to make this much, whatever. That's fine. Like you're not worried about them. We're just talking about we're trying to be more appealing to the masses, to the most amount of girls. And honestly, I'd say that most girls, as long as they see you have a mentality down and they see that you're disciplined because discipline is so attractive to them, they see that you're good. doesn't matter if you have 10K in your bank account or if you have 100K in your bank account. It's the same to them.
1: Yeah. And I want to add a caveat to that. It's discipline, but they need to see you in the future. You're going to be making and you're projected to make a lot more. It's not just your discipline. You're going to stay at 10K forever. It's that they like that. Yeah right now you're at a certain position, but they're confident that you're going to rise up the ranks. So though you're not there, like they want to see that. Right. And we'll talk about this in ambition, which is uh, later down on the list. But the last thing I did want to mention was uh, I know what, whatever we said, it was a little bit generic. And so um, there might be some girls out there who, themselves are very like gung-ho on making it rising up the corporate ladder etc etc and so for the women out there who are already in like the top one or five percent of like income earners they might not prioritize like this financial aspect maybe nearly as much because they are already making more than you or equal to you or whatever and uh And so they might not prioritize this financial thing as much, but keep in mind when you marry someone, you marry into their family and considering like the Islamic or the Muslim community we're in, there's a very high likelihood that if you're in the Dacier Arab community as a guy, even if your wife is making more than you, they're going to look at you and they're going to look at how much you're projected to earn in the future and what type of job you have so that they can assess whether you're good or not. Because ultimately, like culturally, Islamically, and even if we are looking back to like historically, it's a man's job to be responsible and provide. And doesn't matter if the woman makes more than you, that's still your role. And you need to be able to provide and you can't defer that role to a woman, even Islamically, unless she chooses to. And that's very important to uh, keep in mind.
0: Yeah, that's literally the last part is the most important part of, of what, what you said there. If the guys just remember that it's, technically our uh, it's enforced upon us but it's a woman's choice that's the difference guys that's why there's more pressure on us it's not some social like pressures that oh the man should no no no, dude our religion says the guys have to be financially proper like we have to be financially responsible not millionaires that's not what it means it means that when if you know uh, you know worse comes to worse if you have to be able to carry the family on your back okay so If the woman wants to take 75% of the load off you, that's completely her choice. If she wants to take 100% off the load and make you a stay-at-home dad, I mean, you know, all power to both of you, right? But you have to remember, for her, it's a choice. For you, it's a responsibility. If you have that on lock, that's all you need.
1: And if you're trying to be like the purpose of this episode is to how to be more desirable, like chances are, if you want to be more desirable, you're not okay with having 0% of the load, like at the minimum, like the minimum, you'd want like half half of the load, right? And you can't be at that point and have like goal. And, and the thing is to keep in mind, if a woman is already willing to take half the load off you, chances are she's well off and chances are the lifestyle she wants to live is not like a very basic lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. so even that 50% means you need to have your finances on lock.
0: Yeah. Like hundred percent. Plus usually women who make a lot of money, look for husbands that are ambitious and also want to make a lot of money. Like they're not, you know, like not a lot of women that are in very powerful positions or trying to climb the corporate ladder are okay with having a husband who works in McDonald's or like or not, not, not to disparage yeah. McDonald's work. It's just to say that you know there's a certain ceiling of salary when you work in McDonald's. There's a certain amount you make and doesn't matter how long you're there, that's it. That's how much you're gonna make. So that's why as a guy, you need to be industrious. You need to be creative. You need to come up. If you're, if you're uh, let's say, if your career that you've picked is, um, uh, what's it called, it has a, uh, a lower outlook on salary it's completely okay because nobody's restricting you to just your career. Get creative. Learn how to invest. Learn how to, what's it called? Make your money work for you. Don't settle for just, oh, this is what my salary dictates to me. Therefore, this is what I shall make for the yeah, rest you go of my back
1: life. to increasing your revenues. You're to be creative. Yeah.
0: About, uh, yeah. You got to be creative. I,
1: I think we need to end this off by answering a question that I think a lot of women have, especially the ones who are, you know, a little bit more A-type, a little bit more like geared towards like the professional life. Yeah. Do guys care if the woman makes more than the guy i'll start no i don't care yeah no (laughs) and i i I was watching this um uh stand up by uh i think it was chris rock and he mentioned something very important he's like the number one thing you have to realize in a relationship is it's not a competition it's a partnership okay Mm. and so with that comes financial uh partnership as well and so for me as a provider i want to hold myself to a level where I know I have to make like, then the lifestyle I want to live, I want to be able to be in a position where I can provide at least 50 to 60% of that, right? Because for me, I'm a pretty, pretty flexible person in the lifestyle I want to live. And so if the ideal lifestyle I have, if I can provide 50 to 60% and contribute to that much, that's fine. If I need to lower my standards and contribute more percentage points, that's completely fine with me. But I don't care that I need to contribute 60% minimum, right? If if my future wife earns a lot more money than I do, that's great. That's more money for our children. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if she's nice, more money for me, you know?
0: Dude, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm <laughs> going to say, bro. Imagine, like, don't think of it as in percentages, guys, because you'll get lost in the sauce, straight up. Like, if you make 100K and that's still only 10% of the household income because your wife's making 900K, yo... <laughs> I'm that's completely fine. good with making 10%, And if she's willing care. to
1: contribute, that's fine.
0: Yeah, dude. And plus, yo, guys, remember that, like, in Islam, like, your bank accounts are, you know, like, t- together. But, yeah, if, if her money, you obviously, like, Islamically speaking, you cannot dictate how she spends her money. But we all know that, like, it's, you know, a pretty standard Muslim household. Like, your your families have one bank account. Or, like, your parents, sorry, have one bank account. So, like, yeah. you guys are building a war chest for your family. Cool? So whether you're contributing 10 percent of it or a hundred percent of it the more you guys contribute at the end of the day it's not about percentage the more you guys contribute the more the or the bigger the war chest will the be better the better the more
1: partnership stuff, is going to be the stronger the partnership is going to be
0: yeah a hundred percent obviously unless you know people get overboard and just start valuing their careers over like their relationship like that's aside that aside Like the the higher quality of life you'll have for your family, because if you're not worried about, you know, going to, or having to do things that are outside of, um, or or let's say having to do extra work to provide for your family, if you have money coming in, that's just the more amount of, that's just more amount of time to like spend with your family and with your kids. Right. So you're going to be a more involved dad, a more involved mom. If you guys have your finances on lock and you do that by getting at it early guys, just keep that in mind.
1: Exactly. And uh, while we're at it, you want to address another interesting
0: question? What's up? Hit me.
1: Do guys want women to pay the date, uh, the pay for whatever is on the date?
0: Well, that's the most stupid question for, or not stupid question. Sorry. It's the most stupid, like uh, what's it called debate when it comes to like Muslim people. Cause yo, you're not really anyways. Well, if you're dating, as a as a Muslim, hopefully you're already like, you know, wifed up as in like you're married, um, and like, or you're at least like in courtship or whatever, then you're not worried about who's paying. It's like the least of your worries. You're just worried about having this go through and you know uh, you know having the marriage finalized and everything. So it's a non-issue for Muslims, right? Because I it really just depends on both of you. It's such a non-issue. Like if 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 like if the guy's such a you know chivalrous you know, typical, you know, like a time, whatever, and he wants to pay, the girl should let him. It's not a big deal. And if the girl wants to like chip in and she wants to pay because she feels like she had a nice time and she wants to treat the guy. Fantastic. Let her pay. It's not that serious. I, so, I do want to
1: I, I, I you finished, I wanted to disagree with you a little bit.
0: Okay. Well, I was just going to say, because if, if you guys are actually looking into it for marriage purposes, your bank accounts are going to be together anyway. So it doesn't matter. That's why it's like, if the end goal is proper, then who who cares about who pays for the dinner?
1: See, I agree with you. And your, your logic works in an ideal scenario when both people are selfless. The reality is, dude, even though both accounts are joined together, you'd be surprised. There's, there's a lot of guys and girls out there especially girls because that's what i'm talking about it's like no 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 islamically my money is my money your money is also my money so they're very strict about like how they use their money and they're actually really hesitant on like giving up their money for the sake of their relationship you'd be surprised there's women out there like that and so for me as a guy let me tell you and i've had this conversation with some of my friends so this is only what i think this is what my circle of friends think it's ideally what a guy wants is not for you to pay what a guy wants is to see an indicator that you're not selfish. And so what that means is as a guy, if I'm going to pay, I want to see you take the initiative and be like, no, no, no. I'll take care of it because that is an indicator showing that, you know what? She actually is invested in this relationship and she cares and she wants to pay because guess what? When you do that, I'm going to be even more willing to pay. I'll be like, no, no, no. Don't worry, baby. I got (laughs) this. You know what I mean? No, Bro, I'm serious. i agree with you i agree with
0: you no, but like, but
1: if you don't do such that issue if no but if you don't do that and if you just see me going to put out my wallet and you're just sitting there like yeah you're supposed to pay for this i'm gonna be like mm-hmm. fine we're not going out next time
0: <laughs> that's what i'm saying i'm like to be honest it is a non-issue for me because I already expect that in my head. I expect that, like, I wouldn't even go out with you in the first place if I if I had got the, the vibes that you're, like, somebody that expects people to give you things in general. If you're somebody that demands things or expects things, like, you're pretty much, like, a little spoiled. I'm probably not going to be interested in anyways being in that situation with you, but that's why, for me, it's a non-issue from the start because I am going to offer to pay, and then I, I know that I'll get the pushback of her wanting to pay. And if she really does want to pay this time, it's cool. I'm not worried. Like, this doesn't hurt my masculinity in any ways. It helps my wallet (laughs) in the the short term. But at the end of the day, if I'm actually serious and she's serious and we want to see this through, my wallet is her wallet. Her wallet is my wallet. It's quote unquote. You know, it's just going to be together. You know, whether Mm. you're with somebody that's so, so like rigid with regards to like, oh, no, well, the money I make is the money I make. So to be honest, I personally have never met a girl like that in this day and age maybe you have, we we obviously, like, you know, Desi community, Arab community is a little different, but um, Arab community, like, at least from the Arab girls that I know, and even not, just not, not even just, Arab, even from the Pakistani or Indian girls I know, or like, you know, all the type, Asian girls I know, whoever, um, like, just in uni and college and whatever, and high school, I've never heard, like, a girl who's Muslim and just like, oh, no, my money's my money or whatever, usually they you know, they just like, no, this is like in this society, we need to be like strapped together and we need to like put all our eggs into one basket so we could have the best life for like our kids. So I'm kind of moving with that mindset.
1: Yeah. yeah. I've heard this from other girls talk about the girls that they know in their life, like their sisters, sisters in law, like whatever. So I I haven't had any personal experience with this, obviously, but I've heard this from other women, which makes me want to think that yes, this is true because why would a woman lie about like her sister or sister in law? I don't think they
0: would. I think maybe, maybe they're just older, dude. I think our generation, I have I think that's so rare to find a girl that's super like, dude, hey, I make like I I just don't see it to be honest. With like the way that we're we're out here fighting to try our best to not be in a position where we have to get a mortgage, like we're I'm pretty sure like if my wife, uh, what's it called, understands that then she obviously is trying to pitch in right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't I honestly just don't as from a practicality standpoint I just don't see it right now. But yeah, that's why I just think it's a non-issue. It's just I think hyped up because that's the debate for the Western like dating or whatever, because that's such a big deal, dude guys. Let's. Uh, uh, this is the last point I think before, because the video has been going on for a while. So I think the last point I want to mention, and this comes from the dating thing. Muslim guys are so blessed. You don't have to spend money on alcohol, drugs, or dating. Yeah. You guys are like, you don't trust me. Like coming from, like I as a person never used to practice Islam for like a while. I wasn't a practicing Muslim for like six years. So the the difference or the the, the huge amount of impact. Have uh, what's it called? Not having to spend money on like dates or like spent all the typical guys that typical uh what's called expenditures that guys do here in the west you're saved from that as a guy and that's part of the wisdom or like part of the blessing of being a muslim practicing guy is that there's none of these you're not wasting your money on poisonous things you're not wasting your money on uh what's it called um uh what's called wasteful endeavors so You have that extra money. That's cutting costs. It goes back to cutting costs. You have already, Allah has already cut so many costs away from you. So you just got to work on the Starbucks. You got to work on the designer. Lessen the whole rent fruit trips, you know, cut them down.
1: And And, stop, you know. People and the men shouldn't get the wrong idea that we're saying don't spend on yourself. Like, yes, go out with your friends. You know, if you want to buy like a video game once a year or whatever, like do that, you know, like do have fun. But keep in mind what your limit is and know what your financial situation is. And just keep mm-hmm. that in the back of your mind. Like we're not saying don't ever eat out or like don't ever do these things. We're just mm-hmm. saying be mindful of how you spend your money and what habits mm-hmm. you build. Because when you do things like like that are one off, like who cares? Like if you what if you buy Starbucks once a month? That's not a big deal. But the habit that that's what needs to stop.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I just just remember that. Keep this in mind, guys, that there's a difference between what you're doing for yourself, like what you're doing for your enjoyment and what you're doing for other people's attention. Okay. Especially if you're strapped. Like, listen, I don't like, you know, we all have some, you know, know, to different uh, levels, but a lot of us want to impress, right? If you're doing, if you're strapped for cash and most of your costs are impressing people, like type of costs then your priorities are so out of whack. And you can't be like, oh, you guys are telling me, oh, I can't spend money to enjoy myself. No, you could spend money within your limits on uh, making yourself happy or um, experiences that will enrich your your life. But if you're strapped for cash and you're trying to both do impressing people and spending money on living a nice life or enjoying experiences, then don't complain because you're trying to do too much with too little and uh i think uh, on that note on that I note the, we'll leave
1: our e-transfer emails and the link in case <laughs> anyone is strapped and we want to donate
0: <laughs> yeah totally i mean yeah why not <laughs> we'll, hey man we'll you take never it. know you never know you never know it is, it is what it is but um yeah bro uh all right so then we'll see you guys in the next episode guys as always as i said for the for the ladies at the end of each episode set yourself up for success Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next episode with trait number two. All right. Peace out guys. Peace out. Oh yeah.